You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Oh, kia ora, good morning, everybody. It's so cool to be with you guys, and you are all looking absolutely amazing today. You're looking beautiful, sounding beautiful. Uh, it is so cool to be here. Uh, most of you guys know uh, that I have a, a balance issue that means I often preach from a stool. I'm feeling good today, so I'm going to try not and just see how we go. But I got like a little security blanket here if I need it, right? So we're going to have a go. We'll see how, see how this rolls, and, and uh, God will be glorified in Jesus' name. We're doing a series called In the Beginning. In the Beginning. The... In the beningi. In the be. In the. In the beginning. Now, f- for those of you in the room wondering why are people laughing, just go home today, Google, YouTube, in the beginning video. It'll come up. It's not a real video, but it's fantastic. In the beginning. I want to go to Genesis chapter 28. I want to start the series um, looking at a passage. I've called this message Jacob's Vow. Jacob's Vow. A bit of backstory to this. Jacob is um, uh, Jacob has been sent from his father's house to go and find a wife. And so he's on his journey, and as he goes on his journey, he comes to a place uh, to rest. And as he's resting, he falls asleep, and in his sleep, he has a dream. And he has this dream where he sees angels ascending and descending from heaven. It's a stairway to heaven. And then he's, God speaks to him. God shows up and God says to him, I'm calling you and I want to cause you to be uh, fruitful and I want to cause you to have many descendants and the whole world's going to be blessed by you and this land you're in, you're going to come back to, you're going to possess it and the land of your father's house, you're going to go back to that and you're going to possess it and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to provide for you. God has this amazing God encounter. And then we pick up the story here in Genesis 28, 18. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he put under his head and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel or Bethel, Beth Elohim, the house of God. But the name of the city was Luz at first. Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that, so that I may come to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And the stone which I've set up for a pillar shall be God's house and all that you give me, I'll give a full tenth to you. This passage I've never preached from before, uh, and, and maybe you've never heard a message from this passage before, but what I want to do is I want to look at three, uh, six things, actually. We're going to move really fast. Because in this passage, you see three things that Jacob asks of God, and then you see three responses that Jacob makes to God. And I want to just take our time to teach through each of those, three, those six things, because I think they can have really practical and impactful implications to our faith journey as well as we sit here today. Does that sound okay? The first thing that Jacob asks of God is his presence. He says, if God will be with me, and will keep me or watch over me on this journey. I recently returned from a mission trip to Vietnam. I was just there a couple of like weeks ago, and um, on the what I didn't tell you about my trip to Vietnam is I lost my wallet on the way to Vietnam. So somewhere between Auckland, Melbourne, Manila, and Saigon, my my wallet went on holiday. It was like I'm sick of this, living in your back pocket, being sat on all day. I'm out of here. So. It left me. 
No idea where it went, just realized it was no longer there, so canceled all my cards, I didn't have any cash in it, so it was good, I just canceled all my cards and, and thought well, we'll figure this out along the way. So we get to, to, uh, to Vietnam, and as we land in Vietnam, uh, I'm going through the customs, and Vietnam's an, it's an interesting country, it's like, you know, under communist government, government and stuff, so, so it's pretty intimidating. I go there, and you've got to have a visa to get in, and so I go there, and I show my visa to the immigrations man, and he looks at me, he doesn't speak English, I don't speak Vietnamese, he looks at me, and he says, there's a, he's like, problem, problem. I'm like, what problem? And there's a problem on my visa. So the problem was that I had put a, 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 an O instead of a zero, an O instead of a zero. I was like, brother, they're the same thing. It's just, they're both circles. Both circles. No, no, and he pointed me to this counter like, a, like an immigration counter. And so I'm like, oh no. And we were rushing to catch the next flight and all the group that I was with had kind of gone through and so they were on the other side of customs. So here's me, I've been on a, a flight for a long time, my phone battery is at about 3%, I c and, and then I, I don't speak Vietnamese and now, and I don't have any money and I'm going to this counter and they say to me, it's gonna be 200 US dollars to get you an emergency visa so that you can tr continue travel today. And I'm, I'm freaking out and they're going, where are you traveling to? Where are you staying? And I'm the kind of traveler that just knows I'm going somewhere. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm staying. I don't know how I'm getting there. I don't know how long I'm there for. I just know I'm going. And I trust those around me to have the details figured out. So they go, where are you staying? I'm like, I don't know. Um, and then I pull my phone out. It's on 3% battery. I'm trying to find emails and I'm, I'm stressing out and, 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 I'm, and I'm worried and I'm anxious and I'm thinking, oh no, this is gonna go bad. I don't have any money, I've got no wallet. And then I look over my shoulder and I see Pastor Mike Griffiths who also made a mistake on his visa. <laughs> Mine was a zero O situation. His, well, he didn't even write his last name on his visa application. He's, but I was so thankful to see Mike because together we kind of figured it out. We kind of made sense of it all and he had money. So I was like, this is great. We managed to figure it out. We even like talked them down from having us pay 200 US each to like 250 total. So we were like, cool, let's start. We're out here, got our visas and we went on our way. And I, and I realized in that moment that it's not always about what you go through or where you are. It's about who's with you on the journey. Who's with you on the journey? And Jacob doesn't ask God for an easy journey. He doesn't ask God for an easy way. He doesn't ask God for total comfort along the way. All he says is, God, that you'd go with me. I just want your presence with me. It's like David when he talks in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear no evil, why? Because you are with me, you're with me. And friends, I wanna encourage you today that the Lord is also with you. And I know many of you are journeying through very difficult things right now. We've had many, many uh, prayer requests and things come through about people struggling with cancer and illness and sickness and all kinds of family issues and dynamics and mental health challenges. And I know you're going through really difficult things, but I want to remind you today that the Lord goes with you on the journey. So just make your prayer, Lord, that you'd go with me. Lord, that you'd go with me. Ask him for his presence. He's present with you no matter where you are. Desire his presence. The second thing he asks for is provision. He says, that you'd give me bread to eat and clothes to wear. Bread to eat and clothes to wear. The other day, um, this is literally like four days ago, Bex and I were feeling particularly lazy and we decided we didn't wanna cook, so we're gonna get takeaways. And we, we, we decided for 
this the classic Mackey D's, bit of Golden Arches, bit of McDonald's, and then we were, we were a, a whole nother level lazy where we didn't want to leave the house to get it. So, so we just Uber Eats a McDonald's. It was, and uh, don't look at me as if we're bad people. You do this all the time. I can see it in your eyes. You're like, oh, you're so judgmental. <laughs> Let me, give me your phone. I'll look up your app and see how many times you ordered. So uh, we start, Bex pulls it up and she starts, what do you, she said to the boys, what do you guys want? And they start listing what they wanted. One Big Mac, double quarter pounder, 10 pack of nuggets, McSpicy, and I'm sitting there listening to this going, is someone in our house pregnant? <laughs> Are we eating for two? Because what I'm hearing sounds more like the letter kids write to Santa. I want a bike, and an Xbox, and a PlayStation, and new shoes, and I want a dog. And I'm thinking, I was like, no, I stop. This isn't, this isn't everything you want right now. Like, well, you need dinner. That's fine, you can, you can have one meal, and then if you're still hungry after that, you can make some toast. <laughs> it was in that moment I, I heard the voice of my mother. I thought to myself, <laughs> man, I'm a grown up. Hi mum, she's always watching online. <laughs> in terms of the list that Jacob gives to God, it's minimal, like minimalist living. I just need I just need bread and clothes. I just want bread and clothes. Friends, we need to understand that God, like a good parent, will always give us what we need, but won't always give us what we want. He'll always give us, he'll always provide your need, but he's not always going to give you your every want. And some of you are frustrated here today because you've been praying and God's not answering your prayer the way you want him to answer your prayer. And, and the, the problem may be that you, what you think you need is actually just a, a want. And what you want is always, not always what you need. And God knows what you need. And what you need is not always what you want. And God knows that what you want is not always what you need. That's going to make a great Instagram reel, isn't it? That little bit there. And I want to encourage you, and I want to remind you that no matter what you're going through today, right here, right now, God will provide everything you need for today. Everything you need for today. Whatever, no matter what difficulty or journey you're in, God will give you what you need for today. God will provide your every need. He'll give you strength to endure. He'll give you patience to keep going. He'll give you favor. He will give you provision. He will give you joy. He will give you peace. He'll give you strength for the journey. God will give to you everything you need for the journey. Just bread and clothes. That's all I want. Just God give me what, what I need. The third thing he asks for is he asks for favor. He asks for favor. So that I come again to my father's house in peace. In that time, uh, in that context, marriage, family, and land were significant representations of the blessing of God. Like if you had those things, you were blessed. Uh, and this request from Jacob for the returning to his father's house in peace is a, re a request for a hopeful future. It's a request that, God, God, I know you're going to provide bread and clothes, but 
Can I also have a family and, and a home and land and generational inheritance and legacy? And may I, may I have an impact that's far beyond what I have right now? And may it go beyond me to, to other people and spread way beyond this moment? It's like, it's like us praying, Lord, like I, 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 I'm asking you for my daily needs, but also, God, I'm asking you for your favor. Like I'm asking you to bless me. I'm asking you to go with me and go before me and cause me to have a greater impact in my life than just me, to have a generational legacy, to have a kingdom impact beyond my own life and my own place. It's that Ephesians 3.20 type prayer. It says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we may ask, hope, or even imagine. Lord, I need bread. But also, can you give me a favor? Can you give me a favor? I want to see the fullness of what you have for me displayed in my lifetime. Friend, God has favor on your life, not just provision, but abundance. And you've got to understand this. You're not just scraping through with a few bits of bread and clothes. He's going to give you what you need each day, but he's also going to put upon you his favor to see a greater impact and legacy far beyond what you could ever achieve on your own favor favor. Like Jacob, I believe that God's promise for you and I is also his presence, provision, and favor. I believe that's God's promise for you and me, presence, provision, and favor. And what's interesting about this is that Jacob, uh, Jacob's request to God is just Jacob uh, repeating back to God what God has already promised to do. So all he's doing is going, okay, so you've said you're going to do this. So if you do this, so uh, then I'll do this. What, what we have to understand is that's not him giving God like an ultimatum or like a, hey, if you, you better hold up your end. It's, it would be more appropriate to say, since you're going to do this for me, here's my response. Well, since God, you're going to do all these things for me, here's my response. And here's his response. These three things. You can write these down. Firstly, he confesses lordship. He confesses lordship. Then the Lord shall be my God. What a beautiful thing to have baptisms today. How amazing was that? I mean, seeing these people up on stage, just declaring their love for God and their desire to follow Him and crying and going through the waters of baptism and people celebrating that. What an amazing and beautiful thing. When I got baptized, it was in the old uh, baptismal pool we had here under the stage. And uh, when I got baptized, I had like frosted blonde tipped hair. Gives you an idea of how long ago that was, because these days, <laughs> ain't much blonde going on there, baby. It's another B, bald. From blonde to bald, that could be the title of my next book. <laughs> I got baptized in the baptism before, and, and it had been a while since we'd done it, and it had been a while since someone's checked the pool, so when we took the lid off for me to get baptized, there was like mushrooms floating in the water. It's like, I was like, man, I didn't care. I'm like, I'm, I've met Jesus, and I'm telling everyone, that is my God. Like, he, I don't care what the water looks like. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care. I just want to tell everybody I'm following Jesus. Like, my life is His, and He is my God. And how amazing today to have these people, just say, not just saying, God, I want you to forgive my sin, but God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to take the authority and the lead, and I want to follow after you and know you and have everything uh, that you have for me. It's them confessing to all of us today publicly the lordship of Jesus. I've learned that many people want a savior, but not many want a lord. 
Oh, I want saving from my sin and saving from hell, but don't tell me how to live my life. Don't tell me I need to change. Don't tell me I need to follow your way anymore. Lots of people want a Savior, but not everyone wants a Lord. And my question to us today is, who is He to you? If God's promise to you is His presence and provision and favor, who is God to you? Who do you say that God is? Maybe today you have a Savior, but you don't really have a Lord. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge every single person here. Who has the throne of your life? And I wonder if after seeing these five people stand up here and confess their faith and go through the waters of baptism, maybe God's stirring you to do the same. So you know what? I'm going to stop playing church. I'm going to stop messing around with this thing. And I'm actually going to make a, a public declaration of who God is in my life. The second response that Jacob has is this. Number two, to build a place of worship. He builds a place of worship. And this stone which I've set up as a pillar shall be God's house. For four years, Bex and I lived up in Whangarei. It's our beautiful campus. Anyone watching from Whangarei today, we welcome you. Love you guys. It's such a, such a special church to us. And we led our campus up in Whangarei for four years, and um, it was just the most wonderful time. Like, we had the best time up there. It was just, the church is amazing. The campus up there is incredible. If you, if you ever get a chance, please go see them. They'll love to have you and host you up there. But uh, we, we got to spend four years of our life, and we lived by the beach, and it was the most, like, refreshing season for us. It was just so nice to get into uh, Northland and relax. It was just like a place of refreshing. So now that we live back in Auckland, like we love to go back to Whangarei and we love to go back to uh, sort of like Waipu and Ruakaka and places like that. Just because once you get there, for me, it's like, ah, it's like this restoring, refreshing. And a lot of you guys have places like that in your own life too. You get there and you're like, ah, it's like when I crest the Brindouman Hills and I see Bream Bay and Bream Head and it's just like Auckland stress just goes, ah. I'm like, yeah, baby. Like it's just a place of refreshing. So we try and go back there. We try and like go back there quite often. And why? Because we want to return to the place that restores us and refreshes us along the way. And what Jacob does when he sets up the stone in Bethel is he is marking a place that he desires to return to, to worship and encounter God. It's a place of encounter that Jacob, once he's on his journey, desires to come back to to worship and to encounter God again. And this part of the vow, it signifies the importance of returning to the place where we encounter God most fully. It's a place where we return to, where we encounter God most fully. And for Christians and, and New Testament Christians, this resonates with our weekly returning from our journeying of our daily lives back to a place where we encounter God in worship and the Word and in fellowship with one another. It's this beautiful picture of returning to the place of worship and encounter. So as Christians, we cannot understate the importance of returning to a place of worship. We cannot understate the importance of building a house, a place of worship in your own life, of building that regular weekly schedule where you go, I'm going to return from my journey back to a place where I encounter God. 
I'm going to return from my journey and go back to a place where I'm going to build a house and a place of worship to meet with God, to pray, and to worship God together. And we also can't underestimate the power of building a house and a place of worship in your own home every single day where you return from the journeying of whatever and you come back to that place of worship and communion and connection and just just encounter with God. And our response in all for what God is doing is to build a place of worship. It's to build a place of worship. And maybe today, you'd be honest and look at your own life and your own sort of schedule and what you're doing, and you'd be honest and say, man, uh, Sunday church for me is just irregular. It's like once a month or like, and I know life goes on. I'm not judging anybody here. Like life goes on, things happen. We're busy, everyone's busy. But maybe for you, like Sunday church is irregular or sporadic or when you feel like it or when you're up to it. Or maybe it's only like once every three or four weeks. Can I, can I encourage you to take that before the Lord because I really think the Lord is wanting us as followers of Him to have a rhythm where we weekly return from our journey of work to a place of encounter with God. I think it's one of the most powerful things you could do for you and your family. I really do. It's one of the most powerful things you could do. Maybe there's people still, you're still watching online, but the only reason you're watching online still is because it's just more comfortable. Wow. Can I encourage you? those who are watching online. Online's always going to be here. We're always going to have it. It's always going to be part of our church. But for some of you, maybe it's time to return to a place of weekly rhythm of fellowship and encounter and worship and prayer and seeking God and sitting under His Word in the room. For maybe for some of you, it's this call of God to build a place of worship in your own home where right now all you have is Sunday church, but God is calling you to go, no, no, you can build a place of worship in your home, in your living room at that chair in your bedroom, on the, on the, on the edge of your, your bed mattress, just to come and we, every day just meet with and commune with God and take some time to encounter Him. Build a place of worship. The last thing He does, band, you guys can join me. The last response that Jacob has is this. He commits to tithe. He says, all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. All that you give me, God, I'll give a full tenth to you. Um, many people think that this concept of tithing is like an Old Testament law. Like it's just written in the law and it was for them, it's not really for us. But what we see here is this principle and practice of the tithe actually predates the law by a few hundred years. And there's this, there's this pattern, this rhythm in Scripture of giving to God one-tenth of what you have. Actually, just, just giving it back to God. And, and Jacob's vow here says, God, your presence is going to be with me and you're going to give me everything I need and you're going to give me future hope and, and I'm, you're going to lead me into a great plan for my life with, with more like a, a legacy and inheritance than I could ever imagine. And God, you're going to bless me and go with me. And so my response for all of that is to go, I'm going to give this portion back to you. Here's what I discovered. This vow is a continuation and a practical expression of his first two responses. It's a confession of lordship and it's an act of worship. The tithe is his practical confession of lordship. God, you're lord over every part of my life, every part. And so I'm going to honor you with this because you're the lord of all of it. And it's an expression of worship. And so, God, I want to honor you and glorify you and worship you through this, which is 
also yours. It's amazing. Bex and I, um, we committed like straight away in our marriage that we were going to tithe every single like paycheck, every increase, every gift we get, like anything. It's just like we, we're going to tithe on that. The first tenth of everything we receive, we just give back to God. And then, you know, there's opportunities to give and above and beyond and different offerings and stuff. And we do that every single time we get to, we do it. It's, it's just a regular thing. We've always done it. And I remember when we were trying to buy our first house about five, six, seven years ago, something like that. And we sat in the bank manager's office and um, she was going through our financials. And she said, I noticed there is a donation that goes out of your bank account every paycheck. If you could stop that donation, we could approve your loan. That's what she said. Because that would make the, balance, the books balance for them. She said, is there any way you could stop that even for a season so we could get this across the line for you. And I gave her a very well-rounded and very articulate answer. It went like this, no. <laughs> Why? Because you have to understand that He is the Lord of my life. And everything I have is because of Him. And everything I am is because of Him. The very breath I draw is a gift from God. Each new day is a gift from God. And He has blessed me and His presence is with me and He's providing every need and He always has and He's got future hope for me. There's more than just this. The favor of God is, is on my life and I'm gonna, I'm gonna honor, and my response is to honor Him and to give Him glory and to worship Him and to affirm His Lordship. So the answer is no, because there's gonna be another way. And praise God, there was another way. I wonder in this area today where you're at, and maybe God is challenging you like Jacob to commit to the tithe, that the expression of lordship and the expression of worship is actually manifest in this act of giving God one-tenth of what He gives to you. Okay, so get this. He gave it to you, and you give back one-tenth. It was all His. <laughs> no, but this is all mine. No, no, no. It was all His. And he gave you, and so you give back one-tenth. No, but I'm giving God what's mine. It was his. He gave it to you. You give back a little bit. I wonder if God's challenging us today to go, man, maybe this part of my life, I just need to get aligned. And we, ne we never push this hard or anything like that in our church. This is not who we are. But I, I wanted to just share the heart of God in all of this. Here's what I've learned through that journey. You can't outgive God, and He's faithful. You can't outgive God, and He's faithful. Can I pray for us today, church? Let's bow our heads for a moment. God, we just honor you today. We thank you. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you with song and with music and with energy and with our whole hearts and minds and souls and what a joy it is to come and be part of a thriving community of people who are pursuing you together and lord i thank you that your presence goes with us and if any here today are feeling alone or isolated or going through something difficult lord may our prayer simply be lord i thank you that you go with me on the journey thank you that you're near that you're with me, and that I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, because God, you are with me. You are with me. 
Thank you, Lord, for your provision for every person, Lord. Right where we are, right now, we have everything we need from you to do what you're calling us to do. So, Lord, help us to be aware of that amazing provision. And, Lord, I pray for all of us that we would have your favor. Lord, we need the daily bread, but also, Lord, also we're asking for favor. We're asking for the exceeding abundance of God to be upon every life, home, family, business, just that you would bless this people, that we would in turn be a blessing beyond ourselves. And Father, our response today is to simply say, you are the Lord of our lives. So Lord, right now, we just confess again, you are our God. You are our Lord. And Lord, we commit to building a place of worship, Lord, in our weekly rhythm with church, but also in our daily rhythm with you. Let build that place where we come back to worship and encounter you. And Lord, I pray that we would also find the courage to trust you in every area, even in the tithe. That what we give and how we honor you would be an expression of your lordship, an affirming of your lordship, and an expression of our worship to you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we would know the God who goes with us and watches over us on the journey. Friends, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here in this room, I know there's probably many here today who you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've come to church today because you're like, man, I just need to get my life right with God. You're far from God today. And you came here to church this, this morning with the with the desire to meet with him and to know him and to reconnect with him. The truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. God has a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all sin. We all fall short of God's standard. And the payment for our sin is death. God in his grace sent his own son Jesus to a cross. When he died on that cross, he took upon you the debt that you and I would do for our sin. And then he conquered death in the grave and he rose again to new life. And he extends to every single person his free gift of grace, forgiveness for every wrong, all your guilt, all your shame, every sin forgiven. A brand new start, a brand new life. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. You get to walk into the plans and purposes that God has for your life. And then, friends, there's a great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today, you're not right with God, but you want to be, I'll invite you right now to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? Just pray this in your heart. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way of life, and I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Take control. Have the throne. I choose from this day to follow after you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.